born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. You can take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts, the book of Acts and chapter 15, Acts chapter 15 in your Bible. Acts chapter 15 is a wonderful, wonderful chapter, kind of like right in the middle here of the book of Acts, and we have been going through the book of Acts, and this is where we are for today. So it wasn't specially designed for today, it just happens that this is what we're going to be talking about. And the subject of chapter 15 is, what does a man have to do to be saved? Isn't that a good question? What does a person have to do to go to heaven? And so the question came up because there was all these Jewish people that had now trusted Christ as their Savior. And of course, they had been steeped in the tradition of Judaism. So they believed in being circumcised on the eighth day and been under the law and the tradition and going to the temple and the synagogues, and that's what they've been doing. So now they trust Christ as their Savior. Things have changed. But not only that, but now the apostle... Peter had gone out to the household of Cornelius in the 10th chapter of the book of Acts and had Gentiles that had trusted Christ as their Savior. And see, at one time, see, the Jews, they, they don't like the Gentiles. They didn't get along. But now Gentiles have trusted the Lord. And then the apostle Paul had gone out and won a lot of Gentiles to the Lord. Well, now the question comes is, are we supposed to take these Gentile Christians and put them under the law and require them to keep the law? And because they were circumcised, well, then they have to be circumcised. And we have to keep the traditions of the law, so they have to keep the traditions of the law. So it caused a division, caused a big disputation, as the Bible puts it. So now the problem is, is do we or do we not have to keep the law? Did you know that same argument is going on today? In other words, what it boils down to is, do you have to keep the law in order to go to heaven to be saved? Well, look there in verse 1. It says in verse 1, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren, and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, Ye cannot be saved. You can't be saved. So you've got to be circumcised. So here's all these people, Gentiles, that had trusted the Lord. And the Jews now were beginning to teach, you've got to put them under the law. They, they've got to do this or they can't be saved. 
Because see, it wasn't the moral law that they were talking about. It was the ceremonial laws, and it was the sacrificial laws, which, of course, they should know the sacrificial laws you don't have to keep because Christ was our sacrifice. But what about all these other ones that they had? And see, when a child is born into the Jewish family, uh, the first thing in eight days was to be circumcised. So that was the beginning. That's what you got to do. So the question came up, well, do we take these Gentiles that are not Jews, do they have to become Jewish? No. But how do you explain it? And it did cause quite a stir. We see Paul and Barnabas, see, they were down in another place, in a place called Lacanioth. So they had to come up here to Jerusalem because they're going to have a big meeting about this thing. This is their first council they ever had to get together. As far as we know, James was the pastor of the church here. Now, there's another James that had already died, and that was the one where Peter, James, and John, you know. And this is probably the pastor here and the brother of Jesus. So this James here is the head honcho of the, the church in Jerusalem, so that's where the Jews were. Well, there was a lot of Gentiles down there in uh, Antioch. So they came together. So the church there sent Paul and Barnabas and Silas and a few other people, especially Titus. You see, Titus was a Gentile, and um, Paul says, we brought him with us when we went up there. And you'll read about this in the book of Galatians in chapter 1. Why they took Titus up there with them, because he was a Gentile, and he wasn't circumcised, and they brought him up there, and nobody there, of all the apostles, nobody said he had to be. So now the issue comes down is, do you or don't? For you and I, we also need to look at it, do we have to keep the law of Moses to be saved? Do we have to keep the law? And see, there's people that boil it down to this. It means you have to live a certain way. Churches change the works list, but it's still a work list. They may not put you underneath the law of Moses, but then they have church laws, church rules, church commandments. And you have to live a certain way in order to go to heaven. And if you obey the rules or the regulations of a church, then you get to go to heaven whenever you die. Well, see, the Bible says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then he makes a statement in the book of Romans in chapter 11 in verse 6. And if by grace, then it cannot be by works. Otherwise, grace isn't grace. But if it's by works, then it can't be by grace. Otherwise, work isn't work. In other words, you're either saved by grace or you're saved by works. But it can't be both ways. In other words, going to heaven can't be a free gift if you have to earn it. Because if you have to earn it, it can't be free. Now, most people can't figure this out. So there's churches that try to tell you that you have to earn your way to heaven by the way you live. And so, therefore, in the minds of most people, if you live good, you get to go to heaven. If you live bad, you get to go to hell. So, therefore, only good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. But the problem is, it's not true. It is not true. Because, see, God says there is no difference. He says we're all bad. Ooh, I thought you were going to say we're all good. No, we're all bad. 
Because he says, to go to heaven, you have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And no one's perfect. No one is as righteous, as good as God. So therefore, none of us can earn our way to heaven. But now look what he says here. In verse 2, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had made no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them, which I mentioned just a little bit earlier about Titus and others, he says, should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. Do you have to keep the law of Moses to be saved? And then he says in verse 3, And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenix and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. Talking about these people that were not Jews, but Gentiles, and they had been saved. They had believed on the Lord. And it says, And that caused, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. So those that heard this about the Gentiles, well, they were glad. But there's always somebody that's not glad. So in verse 4, And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and the elders, and they declared all things that God had done unto them. So they had a big meeting. Everybody got together and talked about what God has been doing. So Peter got a chance to talk. Paul got a chance to talk. And so James got a chance to talk. And what was the conclusion of this matter? Because, you see, the conclusion is very important. Because if a man ever had to keep the law to be saved, that you earned your way to heaven by obeying a certain bunch of rules and regulations, now's the time to speak up or forever shut up. Don't you think that makes it very simple and very clear? When you get to the 16th chapter and it talks about Paul and Silas in the jail and they were singing one night and there was an earthquake. The jailer was going to kill himself. And he says, men and brother, he says, what must I do to be saved? Good question. Now is the time to tell him the truth. What must I do to be saved? What do I have to do to go to heaven? What do I have to do to have eternal life? You would think, if you do have to keep the law, or do anything, whatever it is, they ought to be honest with the man and tell the man. But they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Well, now that, that's, that's too simple. That's, that's too easy. It's got to be more complicated than that. Everybody knows you just can't believe and go to heaven. You mean that's all you got to do? And yet, what did the Bible say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. So can I be saved? Yes. Can I know that I'm saved? Yes. Can I be saved now? Or do I have to wait till I die to get saved? And if I can know it now, it means that I can know right now that I am a child of God, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven when I die. Now, it always comes down to these two things. Am I saved until I sin again? Or am I saved forever? Can I lose my salvation? Or is it permanent, eternal? It's got to be one way or the other. So either I can lose it, or I can't lose it. It's either free, or you've got to work for it. What did God say? 
Well, if there's ever a time for the scriptures to be clear, it's when the question is asked and all the apostles are there, it would seem like they ought to have a consensus on this is what you have to do. Well, lo and behold, I think they make it pretty clear. Look in verse 5. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now you have to admit that's in the Bible. Isn't there people today that say you have to keep the law to be saved? You have to go to church. You have to give money. You have to pray so many prayers and do so many things or so many penance. Whatever the rule or the list is, there's a... All churches have something that they require. And so you have to do these things, and if you mess up, you've got to confess up and own up and pay up. You always get that pay up in there for sure. And so you've got to do all these things. But when you say all those things, did you know that most of those people, or I should say 99.9% of them, never know for sure if they're going to make it. They always hope they're going to go to heaven, trying to get there, Planning on it. Because, you see, if you're going to heaven someday, depends on your works in any way, then you don't know if you're going to produce or not. Because you're not God. That means you may really mess up down the road. You could live for 40 years and mess up right before you die. And now you go to hell. So, you see, most people have no clue where they're going when they die. Why? Because it depends on them. But let's pretend for a moment. 51 years ago, yours truly, in a little old living room in Athens, Georgia, a man explained to me that Christ died for my sins. And all I had to do to go to heaven was to believe it, that he did it for me. And you see, if he'd paid for my sins, then I don't have to pay for sins. I don't have to pay for one sin. Why? He paid for all my sins. And if he paid for all of my sins, there's no sin for me to pay for. He did it once and for all. For all of mine, from the time I'm born to the time that I die. So for 51 years since I accepted it as a gift, the free gift of eternal life, how long will eternal life last? Now this is a very difficult question. How long will eternal life last? Forever. We see, if Christ paid for all my sins, there is no sin to take it away in the future. You say, but what if you do something really bad? Is it a sin? Yes, paid. Well, what if you sin right before you die? Is it a sin? Yes, paid. Christ died for me. See, if I accept it as a gift, then I know I got it until the end. I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. It's the only way to be sure that you go to heaven when you die is that you accept it as a gift. But if you accept it as a work, you're never done. You never know if you prayed enough, gave enough, went enough. You know that Christ is necessary, but you don't believe he is enough. So that's why you have to depend upon you. So that is not salvation. That's religion. And most people are very religious and very sincere. It was the religious, sincere people that crucified Christ. 
the common people heard him gladly. Now, get what he says here. He says now in verse 7, And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and he said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago, probably about 10 years ago before this, up to 10 to 15 years, he says that God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel. And look at the next word, believe. He says, Cornelius, ruler of an Italian band, asked me to come. And I went there and spoke to the whole household. They had everybody there. And they said, God told us to send you these men in order to bring you to our house because you had words to tell us whereby we can be saved. They were already religious. They just weren't saved. Saved means saved from hell. You see, there is a hell. There's a heaven. There is no in-between. There's a heaven. There's a hell. And God says, you need to be saved from hell. Now the question is, when will I be saved from hell? Can I be saved from hell now at this point in my life? Or do I have to wait until the end of my life and see if I met the qualifications and now God will save me then? That's a little late, ain't it? Would you rather wait until the end of your life to find out if you made it? Or would you like to know in advance? I want to know now. So God says, if you trust me as your Savior, believing that I died, paid for your sins, I will give you as a free gift right now eternal life. And you can know that you're going to heaven. So he preached this gospel message, Peter did, to Cornelius, the Gentiles. Now, there's a lot of people who make more out of Peter than what he is. He was just a man. Cornelius and them, they bowed down before him. He says, stand up on your feet. I'm just a man, just like you are. You see, Peter had to get saved just like I do. He's no bigger, no better than I am or anybody else in this room. He's a man. And he says, just by believing. So he now addresses the, the meeting and he says there that God made choice among us. That the Gentiles, by my mouth, should hear the word of the gospel and believe it. Now look what he says in verse 8. Verse 8 is an awesome verse. You see, there's people who always want to know, what are the real evidence that you really believe it? You know, they're looking for signs, proof. So let's say, for example, that uh, you take um, Peter down here. Let's say Peter is just a drunk. He's an alcoholic. He's just, I mean, he's no good. On drugs, you name it, it's everything. The question is, Peter wants to go to heaven. There are some people who tell him, Peter, you have to be willing to quit your drugs and quit your alcohol and quit your drinking and smoking and dipping and chewing and going with the girls who do. You've got to stop all of those bad things. And then lo and behold, if Peter was here today, and the apostle Peter would stand right here, he would tell Peter, you don't have to quit any of those things. All you have to do is believe the gospel. The good news. How that Jesus Christ died for you. Paid for your sins. And that's all you have to do. Now, some people say, well, that means he was on the road to be saved someday. No, 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 no. Not so fast. They were saved that moment at that time for sure. 
And there doesn't have to be all this evidence that proves you're saved. Because God said, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, he's not of his. So is there a God in heaven that knows the heart of man? Does God know if he really believes that Jesus Christ paid for his sin? Does God know who believes and who doesn't really believe? What about you? Doesn't God know? God knows the heart of every individual. But one thing that God did back then that he doesn't do today. You see, when Peter, who is a Jew, went to see the household of Cornelius, they were Gentiles. And so what happened to the Jews on the day of Pentecost is the Lord God himself gave to those believing Jews the Holy Spirit and they spoke in a different language. A language that the people could understand. A language of the nations that existed and were there at that time. It was an unknown. But the Holy Spirit came upon those that had believed. So on the day when Peter went to preach to the Gentiles, there were some Jews that had gone along with him. Six of them. And so they saw that when Peter preached the gospel to those Gentiles... They believed it. And when they believed it, the Holy Spirit came upon those Gentiles and they spoke in tongues for the Jews could understand it. And so the question came here in verse 8. And God, which, and you ought to underline these three words, knoweth the heart. Bear them witness. Witness to what? That they believed. God is the one that knows if they believed. And if they believed it, it says, giving them the what? The Holy Spirit, even as He did unto us. God, who knew that those Gentiles believed, gave them the Holy Spirit. Now, that's because God knows their heart. God would not give the Holy Spirit to an unbeliever. So God in heaven knew they really believed and that's all they did and they were indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And what's important about this is that they hadn't been circumcised and they hadn't kept the law. But they did believe. And by believing and that alone, they were saved without the law. And if anybody has any respect for the great apostle Peter, they ought to listen to what Peter said. That all we have to do is believe. Look what else he says here. He says in verse 9, And put no difference between us and them, purifying their heart by what? By faith. Faith alone in Christ alone. Church can't save you. Your works can't save you. Your prayers can't save you. Your money can't save you. Only Christ can save you. And I trust in Him as my Savior years ago. And blessed be God, I'm still saved and will always be saved. There's no sin out there that can ever condemn me to hell. Because Christ 2,000 years ago died For my sins. 
not most of my sins, not 99% of my sins. He died for me. That means all of them. And most people never see that. They never catch this great truth. And yet it's the difference between heaven and hell. Look what else he says. In verse 10, Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples? What yoke? A yoke of works. Why try to require people to live a certain way when they can't do it? When people can't qualify that way? You see, if I could earn my way to heaven by my good works, then blessed be God, that's the way it ought to be. Everybody ought to go to heaven because they deserved it. But there's not one person that's ever lived good enough to deserve it. And never will be. Jesus Christ, who was without sin, came into the world and stayed without sin. He was the only perfect individual. That's why he died for us, because he didn't have any sins to pay for. So he died for me. Look what else he says in verse 11. But we, Peter speaking, this is what Peter said. We believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we Jews shall be saved even as they Gentiles are. So do you try to put the Gentiles under the law? He says, no. We Jews will be saved just like them without the law. Because they had the law for 1,500 years and never kept the law. No man has ever been saved because he's kept the law. No man can earn it. No man can work for it. It becomes a yoke of iron upon your neck until it destroys you. I'm so glad, so glad I'm going to heaven when I die. I'm so glad that I don't have to read my Bible. I'm so glad that I don't have to go to church. I'm so glad I don't have to give any money. I'm so glad that I don't have to live a certain way. See, then why do you do it? Because I want to. I don't have to. I do because I want to. I love Him because I know He really loves me. He made it free. You see, if God charged you for it, it would not be because He loved you. Love could not require you to earn it. Do you try to force or can you make or try to buy your love? I know people who try to buy an election. But I'm not talking about buying someone's love. I'll never forget. First time I took Betty on our first date. We walked out of Parkview Apartments and we walked up the hill and we walked up to a, a jewelry store and looked at a ring. Our first date. I think it was three years later or something like that I finally got her that ring. After we'd been married. But we got married. But that ring didn't marry us. I may do a lot of good things for my wife in the last 51 years but that's not what married us. I accepted her. She accepted me. When it comes to salvation, God already says, I'm drawing you to me. The goodness of God leadeth you to Him. Because God is so good. He's good to everybody in the world. 
But He draws you because He loves you and He wants you. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God is drawing you. And if you will accept it, and you'll come to the Lord. But you can't bring your good works. You can only come just as you are, just as I am. And to believe that when He died, He, he died for you. Because he, you needed a Savior. You didn't need a trailblazer. You, you didn't need a Daniel Boom or a Davy Crockett to show you the way. You need a Savior. And Jesus is the Savior, the Savior of the world. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.